Hello and welcome to the Psychoactive Entheogens podcast. My name is Michael Pierce. We have a very interesting show for you today. I'm excited to introduce you to today's special guest, Eric Esparza. Uh, he began his journey in the recovery and a service, service field 14 years ago uh, when he started to look into truth and uh, what he'll tell you, and I'm going to ask him about this. He said he was hit in the head with a cosmic two by four. So I definitely want to find out what that was about. Um, but in that moment, his life shifted forever, and it was also in that moment that he chose to surrender uh, his old ways and immerse himself into a, a new life of change. And during that time, he also discovered the joy of being of service and, and helping guide others uh, to truth and freedom and seamlessly hopeless states of body, mind, and spirit. And then today, Eric is a, a life and health coach that has had the pleasure of working in the fascinating field of psychedelics. And in this unique niche, he utilizes alternative healing protocols, which include various psychedelics. And, uh, this, and he helps uh, with his methods to help individuals on their journey um, to identify and begin processing ill causes of negativity, limiting beliefs. Um, we're also gonna talk about his powerful 90-day coaching system at the end of the call, so make sure and stay um, in tune for that. Uh, but before we get started, uh, we just want to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back after these quick messages. Welcome back to the Psychoactive Entheogens podcast. We're excited to be talking with Eric Esparza about his personal transformation and how he was able to turn his experience into a program that helps others with transforming their own lives. So thanks for coming on the call today, Eric. How are you doing? Michael, I'm doing really well. Thank you. I'm just really excited to be here today. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk to you. I know we've talked a little bit in the past, but it's going to be nice to, to hear it uh, kind of from the beginning and just hear your whole process these past several years. Well, so your journey started 14 years ago, um, and you started helping uh, people with their transformation, and you mentioned um, getting hit in the head with the Cosmic 2x4 on your website. Can you kind of tell us what that was and, and how that changed your life and you know, kind of what happened after that? Absolutely. So, um, you know, the cosmic two by four is, you know, a pretty interesting metaphor that uh, I use that, you know, I was a very selfish and, um, and self-centered person for a very, very long time. And uh, it wasn't until um, this happened to me where I finally came to, came to my knees and I asked the universe for help at that point because I had, you know, tried every drug in the book. However, alcohol was the one that brought me to my knees. And I finally just surrendered. And I said, please help me. And mm. it was on this journey that I realized that on the other side of that selfish and self-centeredness is selflessness and being of service to others. And something that you said that was really interesting at the beginning of this podcast was service. And I realized that I was able to make a connection with uh, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it through service. And that's kind of where my journey began. And um, it was just one thing after the other that I realized that once I had, I had taken the traditional path of the 12 steps, and then I got involved in other um, avenues of spirituality and everything. And I realized that when I was able to help other people to finally get back on their own feet and use the experience that I had, I found so much joy in that. And mm. that really got me like, so, so excited to get deeper into um, into this field. And that's when I actually went back to school um, to become a therapist. And I was actually um, specifically working in substance abuse. 
So I'm also a, being a coach as well as a, a health and life coach, I'm also a therapist as well. Um, my my uh, accreditation is based out of Florida and I'm a uh, substance abuse professional or it's called a certified addiction professional, a CAP. And um, what's really interesting, like how did I get into this field of psychedelics? Like where did that fall into place? Uh, right. It's real interesting how, how the universe works. And I'll never forget this. Um, I was in school and there was a lady that was in my class and uh, you know, I have a background in photography and videography and she knew that. And she goes, hey, I have a place in Mexico that I'd like for you to come down do um, a documentary for us and take some photos. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so little did wow. I know that the facility happened to be um, an Ibogaine treatment facility. And I had never seen anything like this in my entire life. And uh, I went down there and I sat down and interviewed the people who were getting treated uh, before, um, obviously not during because they were having their experience, but afterwards. And I also helped them do some process and everything with the lady that was there with me. And it was one of the most exciting things that I had ever experienced in my life. And um, fast forward, I ended up going through all my schooling and get every, getting all my accreditations and everything. And I was still working in the, um, in the field of addiction. And I still worked as kind of like a side project with the facility down in Mexico. And I was just so drawn to just how expedited the rehabilitation process from a mental, spiritual, and uh, physical standpoint would take place for these individuals that would do Ibogaine versus your traditional detox and treatment path that, you know, we, that's, you know, it's used all over the world right now. And it just blew yeah. me away. You know, I have nothing against traditional um, rehab and the 12 steps or anything like that. I believe they're very, very powerful tools and they, there is success there. However, the success or the outcomes that we're able to measure from Ibogaine versus traditional detox and rehab were just incredible. And I was like, and you're a numbers guy, you're a data guy. So you want to know the results. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And that's, that's what I, um, I specialized in when I was working with these rehabs is to collect outcome data. So for me, it really is when, what I would do is I would put together the, um, these programs where we'd follow up with the individuals and collect all this information and kind of see where we need to improve programs, processes, and everything within the rehabs in order to get the best outcomes or the best results for these people. And um, it was really cool whenever you had numbers to show like which path were the people on that were the most successful. And the data always showed the people that were the most grounded, the people that either got into some sort of form of spirituality, some form of uh, like 12 step program, whatever it might be, but those people who got connected and were continuously working on themselves to make themselves better people were the ones that had the higher success. And that's always mm. been, been true for everything. But the piece that was missing from a lot of these people is the ones that didn't have, um, didn't choose to follow any kind of spirituality, typically would go back to um, old beliefs and behaviors that the outcomes typically were to use no matter what, unfortunately. So. Now, now, can you determine if that spirituality was the practice that they did themselves or was it partially due to the community support they had around them when they were pursuing the spiritual practice? So the community, do you, do you so know? the community and the support is the foundation of all of that because you know, okay. they need that uh, kind of camaraderie at the very beginning in order to, to understand how it all works. And obviously 
you know, if it's not a 12 step program, some sort of mentor or whatever it might be to be able to show them how the practice works, to be able to ground them, to be able to start putting this into practice in their own life. So it's really, really important that there is some sort of mentor, some sort of guru or whatever it might be in order to guide the individual to understand how that particular practice or belief works so they can apply that to their mm -hmm. life. So that is key at the very beginning. So when you're working with people, um, not well now, but also when you were working with the clinic in Cancun, uh, you must have seen a lot of results and you sound like you were impressed with those results. Um, is, I mean, is this helping people with long-term addictions, opiate addictions, um, anti-anxieties, suboxone, uh, PTSD, or does it help with everything? What, what did you see when you, with your experience? So I'll kind of touch, I'll kind of touch on what I began was um, the most sought after for at the very beginning. Um, for the mm -hmm. most part, most people, at the very beginning, most people were coming to, um, to, to use Ibogaine or make that one of their interventions, typically for opiate use disorder. They have found some of the most incredible results. It was with uh, Dr. Deborah Mash from the University of Miami was one of the big studies that she did. And uh, it was to um, use the Ibogaine in order to interrupt the withdrawals that people have from opiates. Because, I mean, the withdrawal from opiates is the reason why people stay hooked for so long. And while they'll go through mm -hmm. rehab and even treat and even treatment or excuse me, detox and even treatment and still use afterwards because of the, the detox or the, you know, the detoxification effects they're still feeling. So what they found yeah. with this um, with this substance is, is it a lot of people say it like totally takes all the withdrawals away. That's that's a, a misconception that a lot of people have, unfortunately, and that's how it's sold a lot of the times. However, you know, you can't do something for 12 years and expect to like just be free completely like that's absurd however yeah it really really helps to overcome a large majority of the withdrawal symptoms um that uh take place post detox and depending on the individual and their intake of this particular of, of opiates um determines the different protocols or the length of time that they need to in order to get the best detoxification they can with the ibogaine so that is one of the one of the reasons that I well, that's what most people uh, who are seeking Ibogaine in the very beginning uh, were going after is the opiate detox. So in that time mm. frame and all the studies and all the people that were using Ibogaine all of a sudden started noticing that it started to be able to help a number of different things and, and other drugs as well. So through my years of working with so many people. I started to realize one of the one of the awesome components of the ibogaine is the psychedelic effects that it has right so one of the things that we've learned in therapy and through coaching people is there is a core set of beliefs and it even goes down to one single belief that a lot of people have in themselves that dictates the reality that they have and unfortunately it's really really hard to get to those pieces unless it's like or to those um beliefs through years and years of psychotherapy to really peel back the onion and actually reveal that. But the beauty yep. of the Ibogaine is, is that the only way that I can describe this uh, to anybody who really wants to know how this works and any other psychedelics as well is the way that I describe it to people is that when you take this substance, 
what it does is our we have a filter all the time that's going on and it's our ego right everything goes through that filter all the time how we judge and everything else and it, it is our animal instinct that protects us there's nothing wrong with the ego however when the ego goes on its own you know crazy tilt then that's when it can become very um disruptive in the individual's life so what happens during this experience for people is that it's almost as if the ego goes to sleep or it's put to rest for that moment and you're allowed to enter into the subconscious mind and it's once you're inside of that subconscious mind different things are revealed to you People have had trauma in the past that they never even knew took place because the brain has compartmentalized that. It's revealed to them that they're able to process afterwards. And you're able to see the different limitations that you might have in your thinking process within that subconscious mind. And it's not revealed to you like, hey, this is what the problem is. It's through different vis uh, visions and different things people have. And it takes a professional or someone who is um, understands how Ibogaine work to help you process what it is trying to tell you so that is one of them during the experience itself right? so they can do it during this experience itself or i i always tell people like to journal um if they can because you are pretty out of it whenever you are on the substance if they can journal they can do it or if the person if one of the um doctors or the therapist is with them then they can share whatever's going on that moment it's notated then you'll be able to process that stuff um, a little bit deeper um, after the session takes place. So those are, those are uh, some, that's really what takes place uh, once you do the Ivy game. So that is one of the most magical components of this, regardless of what it is that you're being treated for. So fast forward to, to today, people are starting to realize that Ivy game has a bunch of different applications for a number of different um, ailments as well as well as um, addictions and it's not something that that people say well this is going to change your life or this you know be able like the savior thing that you're looking for you know it works differently for for different people however when it does come to things like um alcoholism um if it's uh, cocaine addiction or even methamphetamine addiction they found some very good outcomes on that as well but it really comes down to that thinking right that's what you're that's what we're really getting down to because at the end of the day the addiction is not the problem it's the thinking that's skewed something is wrong with the thinking and the ibogaine helps the individual to identify or at least get a beginning of what is going on that a professional or a coach whatever can help them process and begin to work on those things after they do the treatment which takes years of psychotherapy or regular therapy to even get to a place like that for some people so if you can if ever you get, can there, ever get with, there, right? Exactly. So they found. So would you call like a reset? They get reset and then that, then a coach or a therapist then now has something to work with because they've, they've, they've got that new starting point. Absolutely. Um, so when you were going through your recovery, did Ibogaine assist you or did you be get fully recovered um through different ways and then came across the ibogaine or did or did that assist you on your recovery? so the you know what's interesting is the the rehabilitation center that i went to in miami they actually had um it was a, it was a holistic based rehab so they're really big on the mind body spirit component and they actually um worked with the facility in mexico they did ibogaine treatment they brought the people in for rehabilitation afterwards so i heard about it during that time, but I never 
really heard about it again until like three or four years later when I went back to back to school. So the path that I went on, because this was the last time I went to rehab was my second time. And the last time I went to this rehab, um, I took the, the traditional route and I got really big and I did the 12 steps and everything. And, and to this day, I still sponsor people. And uh, I stayed connected mm-hmm. with that program. And then I um, got into A Course in Miracles and then a couple of other um, spiritual outlets. But I always had to stay grounded because it was just I never wanted to go back to that place. And I knew the moment that I stopped doing what works, there's all, there, my brain has mm. one default. The default is use no matter what. And I could not go back to that old thinking process um, from long ago. And I had to continue. And I still do today continue working on this path of spirituality. Wow. Thank you for that fascinating introduction. Um, when we get back after a commercial break, I want to hear more about um, your coaching program, um, the 90-day program you have that helps change habits, and also how you console people on the different kinds of psychedelics and plant medicines and, and how you navigate the individual protocols. So anyway, we'll be right back after a quick commercial break. psychoactive entheogens podcast is for psychedelic education and resources only and never claims to give or offer medical health dietary therapeutic or financial advice we do not advocate advise or recommend the consumption cultivation manufacturing or selling of any illegal drugs regulated under the u.s controlled substance act and always recommend checking with your physician before taking any mind-altering substances Welcome back to the show. We've been talking with Eric Esparza about his transformational and inspirational journey and the, the uh, changes he's seen in other people um, through his experiences. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about his work, his 90-day his life-changing program, and how he uses psychedelics to help people transform. Um, so Eric, how, does it, how do people find you and and how does this conversation start? Are people just jumping in and saying, hey, I'm addicted. I want to get on Ibogaine. Or do they say, hey, I want to go do ayahuasca. What should I do next? Or how does somebody end up talking to you? And, and how do you assess what would um, best be needed? And then let's talk about your program itself and, and what well, that excellent. looks like. So um, when it comes down to this, so I do the way that the way that I have my website and everything is it's a um, – What's it called? Jeez, I lost my thought there. It is a, it's a health and life coach. However, I do also mm-hmm. point myself as a um, psychedelic integration coach. And obviously, we all know that here in the United States, like the psychedelics are not really that legal. However, they are pushing towards it and to be able to make these things legal because we do all know the value in these. So um, the way yep. that I've made able to make this work is... Um, like I was speaking about the facility that I work with in Mexico. So there's a, um, the facility that I work with in Mexico, it's called, I began Riviera Maya and the gentleman who's the director there, he is the, the one who's does every, all the workings and everything with the plant medicine. And he helps the individuals through their, um, their treatment process. And he has such an amazing way that he works with these people because not only does he use, um, just the Ibogaine, he uses other substances as well to really get deep um, into the person. Well, to, for the person to really have that experience that we're looking for. 
So there's two ways that it happens for me to be able to work with a client. Number one, somebody will usually reach out saying, hey, we're planning on going on a retreat, um, whether it's for like wellness or whatever it might be. And then I have other people that are um, suffering with addiction that want to take some sort of alternative route because they've tried all the detox and the rehab and it's just not working. And I'm sent and, and I will share this program mm -hmm. with them. So all the treatment is done in Mexico. And uh, basically what happens there is they have a couple of different options. Number one, they can just do the Ibogaine treatment and they can be treated for substance abuse. They can be treated for trauma and they can also be treated for depression. And they found there's a lot of evidence showing that Ibogaine does really, really well uh, on working on these three things that I just stated. And then he also has another protocol, uh, depending on whether the person needs to go a little bit deeper or to try something else, that coupled with the Ibogaine, they do uh, psilocybin. And they also have the choice of doing um, DMT. And where they get the DMT from is from a, a, the frog. And they have some name for it in Mexico. Okay, so this is exactly. the DMT. Exactly, right? so they get it from the okay, toad down it. there and they work with, a, he collaborates with a shaman there and they go in for a deeper, um, a deeper look utilizing um, these psychedelics. The outcomes, man, are ridiculously amazing. Like, oh man, it's, it's a whole different uh, ball game whenever you're, you're doing these safely, obviously, with people that know what they're doing and to be able to um, really dig a lot deeper. So what takes place now is once they do have this experience, so let me just back up a little bit on how the coaching works with this. So it's really, really imperative, very important that the individual is going down there, number one, with some sort of intention, that they're not going just to get off on this thing and like, you know, have an experience and, you know, whatever. It's the intention has to be right. So the first part of the whole coaching series takes place with intention setting. Why are you going down there? What is it that we're going to be working on? You know, and they write all these things down and we really do a preparation mm -hmm. and preparation can also consist, especially if people have been using a lot of opiates for a very long time, you know, their diet hasn't been very good or any kind of drugs um, that we start eating a little bit better and taking care of ourselves as much as you can. Obviously, if they're, you know, taking a substance every day, then we're not going to pull them off of it, but we just do preparation before we mm -hmm. go down there, which is key. Okay. And then once they go down there and they uh, go through the treatment, then we have another conversation about how was it, what, um, you know, is there anything you want to share? So we start the processing while they're there. We don't want to get too deep while they're there because there's just there's a lot going on and a lot to process. So the, um, the next piece is the 90-day program that kicks off when they go home. The most beautiful thing about this program is is it it's it's really really simple it's about it's about identifying negative beliefs and behaviors that give you the outcomes that you don't understand why they're happening in your life people are like why do i always get the short end of the stick what most people don't understand is that it really comes down to one simple thing there's some sort of belief that you have about yourself that is dictating your behaviors and the outcomes that are taking place in your life and being able to begin working on that is what this is really all about. Interesting. So they come back with a, 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 some stories and some experiences and some visions possibly, and they're, they're reset and ready to change. And now you've got something to work with. Is that kind of how it unfolds when you're trying to identify their, 
perspectives on themselves? Does it show up through the experience with the medicine so they can be like, oh, that's that's what that meant. I didn't realize I was doing that. And then kind of adjust it from there. Is Absolutely. That kind of what that, so that the works? most important piece um, is that they have that reset, like you said. The reset is probably the one of the most important things because I mean, it takes people that go through traditional um, traditional means of detox and treatment like it's they're there for 30 plus days and they still don't feel very well. These people, when they come home, you know, mm. their mind is starting to fire a lot better. And those connections in the mind are starting to make connections mm-hmm. a lot faster. Um, it's pretty amazing. I would say that probably 30 days out, the amount of energy and just being able to think on a higher level is just absolutely incredible. So. When you have a person coming in that is like really ready to work on themselves, that it's feeling really, really good, that has had all this experience, you know, this internal experience they've had, that they've journaled a lot about things, you have a great platform at this point to begin digging in and begin setting up goals and a vision of what we truly want to get out of this. Because most people don't really under, when they, most people just want to get sober or just want to get better. But there's no real like goal or vision that they're setting together, um, setting for their life. And that's really what this program offers is, uh. is like, why am I doing this? And what do I want to get out of this? And it's ultimately setting up the vision for what you want to get mm. out of this. And that's the very, very beginnings. And when you have a person who's ready, because you got to get them at the very beginning. If you wait a month after this is over, people go back to their old ways, their old friends, all bad. that kind of stuff. And it's hard to get somebody... Um, to really want to open up or even to go back and do a memory recall about, you know, to be able to explain kind of what happened. Because for the most part, like there's so many visions that people have. It's even hard to explain what the heck it even meant. But we try. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> yeah. we try to pull. One thing you mentioned, and I do want to um, see what how you deal with this. You mentioned the changes and the old friends. So if somebody's going back. For example, if somebody came here, I could connect them with the right communities that would give them the support and they could potentially be shifting out of their old way of thinking just by being around solid people. But what about somebody who's going back to uh, maybe a state where everyone they know supports their bad lifestyle? Um, is there, is, have you found a way to, to help people to find things, to, especially right now where there's not as many things to go out and do? Um, cause we're still kind of getting back active as a culture, but, but how do you help people change who they're hanging out with? And they've obviously got to change their diet. They've got to change their thinking and they're working on that with you. What about the day to day? What about the free time? What about the boredom? What is What is How do they, how do you help people navigate so through basically that? That comes down to our first conversation. So it's kind of like make an assessment of kind of what's going on in their life and everything else and what their living situation is. And, you know, all those different things. So we talk about at the very beginning, kind of what are your expectations when you get back? You know, really what's going on? And then I will um, be able to help them. And it's obviously help them as much as I can within my power to be able to find them, the group or the support groups and everything they need to be able to find at least get a foothold when they get home. Now, if there are some people like, let's say they live in a very um, challenging household where there is drug use and everything when they're going back home, I mean, at that point, the conversation typically is like, you got to get out of there, you know, and it does become challenging when it's a financial situation, this and that for some people. And we try to do or I try to do my best to be able to help that person navigate 
um, you know, recovery as best as they can. And that's the whole point of kind of having that, that, that companion or the accountability partner or whatever you want to call, like really what a coach is, is that I'm available to them if they do run into that challenge. Like, how can we navigate this together? You know, what can we do? But it does get challenging for some people. But typically when people really, really want um, that recovery, they're going to do whatever it takes to to continue this. But having that added support to be able to bounce ideas off somebody who really understands and can at least navigate them um, in the in the way they need to go. It does really help a lot of people out because I know mm-hmm. some people when I used to work in rehabs, they would literally just go right back home to the same situation. And like a month later, they're back at the same facility. So it does get challenging at times. Yeah. And don't get their belief systems changed if you can really help them navigate their perceptions i would like to think that their out their external circumstances will change on their own but i don't know that it's always that simple exactly you know so do you get many people who are um come to you or are interested in um going to these um retreats for reasons other than addiction say ptsd depression absolutely anxiety, you know people kind of just stuff? want they'll come in for the depression they'll come in for trauma and different things and some people just want a deeper connection man and they're just like i just go through life every single day i've got great family i make a lot of money but i'm missing something right we all know what the missing something is right Mm. it's it's the people it's the the connection to the universe like grounded in something bigger than them right and they're yes. seeking, exactly they're seeking it in all it's the wrong places and they're just coming up empty handed every time. So yep. in regards to people who do have like depression, um, I've, they've found some amazing results as far as once the Ibogaine truly does get processed by the liver. And this is the one thing that I forgot to mention at the very beginning. It turns into something called nor Ibogaine. And it's that nor Ibogaine is what really helps the individual to um, begin like this mental fog to clear inside of their mind and get their brain firing like it's never fired before. And that's where all the energy and everything comes in from. So they found that that has a lot of value because even with addiction, it's coupled with depression most of the time. So when people are being treated just for the depression, they start to feel better uh, when they go home. And it's not something that lasts for like a month. You know, it's lasting for, um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of time for for most, not most people, but for peop, for some people, a lot of times the depression is linked to like, they're just unhappy in life. You know, there's no like purpose in life or whatever it might be for them. Yeah. And that's when they do the Ibogaine and they have that experience. And then as a coach, then you can start digging in a little bit deeper and finding out what's really going on. And then start to help them form and to build, like I said earlier, that vision for their life. Like, what is my purpose? You know, being able to get these people to really kind of identify certain things and start putting one foot in front of the other towards this vision they have for their life, then all of a sudden, like, it might not have been something organic that was taking place when it comes to a depression. It's just the the life that they were living, like, with no purpose. And then on that path, then they do find some sort of connection with something greater than themselves, and they just find so much more value in their life. And the other piece, it, like you said at the very, very beginning, is they find that group, right? They find that group of people, and then all of a sudden, they start helping other people who may have had the same challenges, and then they find even more joy and even more connection. So all of a sudden, they start to realize mm. that maybe the depression uh, was, was simply linked to that. Now they found their purpose, and now they're really moving through 
um, life in a way that really makes sense and they, and they feel great. Yep. I think you hit it spot on with having some kind of purpose that replaces their need for the drugs. And on that, I want to ask one more question as far as people. And because this last year or two, absolutely suicides have gone up quite a bit. And I know that I know ketamine can shut off suicidal thoughts as well as probably a lot of medications. I assume Ibogaine really hits on that button. Have you talked to many people that have been honest about their suicidal thoughts or have you seen it? A, a shift in the thinking of people loss of purpose over the past year or two. It seems like a lot of people lost their purpose because their careers are gone. Sometimes their household changed up. They haven't been able to go do what they normally do. And they're like, what's the point? What's the purpose? Um, have you, have you seen some of that suicidal thinking and, and uh, through this yeah, past so, year or two I mean, in your a lot of, coaching? I, mean, I don't just coach people that go down and, and, and work with the psychedelics. So I do also coach other people um, as well. And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. there's just a huge flux this year as far as people that just, at the end of the day, they just need to yeah. talk to somebody, you know, it's like, there's just something missing. Like from there, I like they don't right. want to share how they feel with family because they feel like that they're supposed to be the strong person to support the family, this and that. And they feel like I, they don't want to share it with their spouse or with friends or whatever. But a lot of time it just comes down to being able to communicate with that person and be able to have them share and be able to process yeah. really like, where is this coming from? And it's been a real, exactly. And yep. it's been a real they challenge be for a lot of people this past year um, due to the crisis and everything that's taking place. And even young kids, are having a lot of challenges with all this stuff today too. And it's, it is, I think that it's probably, I mean, I hear a lot of conversation about it now, but like it, it's, we haven't even seen the worst of it. What's going to really take place and unfold from this thing when it comes to mental health. And uh, that's where support, whether it's through a church or a spiritual group or whatever is so important for these individuals to seek this and not to be worried that no one's going someone's going to look down on you because you're feeling depressed or you're just feeling out of sorts or whatever it might be but being able to connect with those people mm-hmm. you realize it's just the disconnect from humanity you know there's just so much power there i am with you yep it's their it's their connection with god and the connection to the people around them i i i've said it before I bet a lot of depression would vanish if people would just start getting more hugs. How many people don't get touched at all? They don't dance at all. They don't play music. They don't sing. They don't do any art. And they're wondering why they are pent up inside. And if they could just speak, be heard, and maybe even branch out even further in their self-expression and get, get some love and hugs, hugs from their community if it's possible. And I'm speaking from my own experience. You know, when I started um, going to ecstatic dance and getting hugs from everybody and, you know, meditation and all that comes along with it, it was amazing how good I would feel afterwards. It's like it's something I didn't know I needed. I didn't know that a little hugs from a a few platonic friends would just make me feel like a million bucks. And I, I thought, wow, some people don't get anything like this from the people in their lives. No wonder they're numbing themselves out, you know? There is just something like, okay, I'll tell you one thing real quick. Like, you know, I've been a photographer, you know, on, on for many, many years. And uh, one of my favorite mediums to shoot on is the peel apart uh, instant film. And uh, my wife gets pissed because I have a giant refrigerator full of this stuff. Well, she kicked me out of our refrigerator. So I got my own to put this stuff in because <laughs> I stopped making it in like 2016. But awesome. 
Um, what I'm trying to get to is that when you take a photograph of one of these instant photos and you peel it apart and you have that photograph in your hand, the tangibility is so special. You know, we're so caught up in these digital devices and mm-hmm. you know, I've shot, I can't tell you how many weddings in the past and people never print any of the photos. They just live on a computer, you know, and that comes back down to exactly what you were talking about. There's just so something so special about tangibility with humans, right? And that's the communication. That is the expression mm-hmm. of yeah. love through the music, through the dance, you know, just the simple hug, you know, it's that tangibility of being human. It's like we were designed yeah to do that and unfortunately like we're so busy in our jobs and devices and all this stuff like we get pulled away from what it is to be a human being right and that's where it comes back to the the conversation that we were talking about the people that have these suicidal thoughts and all this it's just a disconnect bro that's really what it comes down to yeah Yep. I love it. I love it. And that's why I've been drawn towards um, the use of plant medicines as well as nutrition, as you know, mental health nutrition, because once people really get plugged back in and the plant medicines, that's why I got interested. I couldn't believe their ability to plug you back in to nature, I guess is the best word I can say to plug you back into your humanity, to remove some of the the delusions and stories that, that we get from our culture and just be human and vulnerable um, and, and get that connection back. If you can keep that connection on a regular basis, people will change just naturally because it's, it's a natural state to be in these addiction models and depression. anxiety. That is not a natural state. That's, that's something that you're is off probably because you, there's a conflict between what you think you are and how you think life is versus reality. And, and simple connection just seems to, to be at core, but the plant medicines and, and the having somebody to really listen to and talk to is one of the best and quickest ways to do that, especially if you don't have the people in your you know, local vicinity. And, at, at you that, know, I always try to explain to people that the plant medicine is the catalyst. You know, it's the catalyst coupled with all of the different um, ways to recover. You know, it's, it's like the, the springboard, right, into the recovery of whatever it is you're recovering from. And it really does put you, that's, that's why the, the plant medicine comes from the earth, man. And it's connecting you back to the earth. They call it the mother plant. I mean, it has a whole yeah. bunch of different names that they, they call all the different psychedelics and how they work. But at the end of the day, it just grounds the individual and it connects them to, you know, it, it brings that ego down enough to where you can connect on a subconscious level to, to everything, right? To the creator, to everything around and just get a glimpse into that. And then afterwards, Yep. exactly a glimpse into the truth right glimpse. because the reason why these people are sick whatever it might be there's mm-hmm. some kind of untruth that is causing this outcome in their life whether it's a physical manifestation whether it's a or um yeah like a a body manifestation or a physical manifestation of what they're experiencing in their life you know and for them to be able to connect back to where we came from is magical And you just continue to push forward with that momentum that they get from the treatment. And then you keep moving forward until that person has their, what's it called? Their, um, not the awakening, but their, the light bulb goes off or they have their, I forgot the darn word. (laughs) They, they, uh, Mm -hmm. they have their moment, right? Where they're able to make, what's that? They have their epiphany or they have their their transformation. And uh, it's at that moment where they come to realize like, holy smokes, or 
I don't want to say any bad words on the air, but they say whatever. And they're like, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm the one responsible for my life, you know, being the way it is. You know, like all of a sudden this realization is like if I'm the one that created all this madness, well, then why can't I be the person that creates all the gratitude and goodness? And at that that, at that moment, they have their breakthrough. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) The breakthrough. So it's that breakthrough. Breakthrough, Man, I can't (laughs) tell you the joy that I get. When somebody gets it, man, it is like, like, ah, I I think it might be what I live for. I think if I'm honest with myself, I love to watch the light bulb. And it's like, there was a quote from, um, I'm not sure who the quote's from, but I remember watching the movie, The Peaceful Warrior years ago. And there's one thing that the, the young man says in there. And he goes, the reason that we are put on this earth is to be of service to others. And that's really what it's all about, man. It's like when I was in the worst and the worst and the worst of my addiction ever, yeah. I only cared about one person and one person only. And that was me. And I was so unhappy there. I was so disconnected yeah. there. There was You're no cool. grounding whatsoever. And the moment I surrendered all that and was able to connect and be of service to others, then I found a foothold into what, what is real, into the truth. And that's what this is all about. That is wonderful and beautiful. And thank you for describing your story so well. So for, for people who are hearing our words and saying, yes, this is something I need, um, how can they get a hold of you if so uh, they resonate with your is, words? Uh, What's the best Numa way to get a hold of you? Coaching.com, which is N-E-U-M-A, coaching.com. And uh, it's real interesting what the word is. I, the real Greek word um, is actually spelled with a P. Numa means spirit. So it's all about connecting with the spirit. Just the P it looked a little weird ah. when I put it on there. So I just left it new, like new, like you're a new person. So that's kind of a way to look at it. But um, you can connect <laughs> with me through my website or anyone can also give me a call uh, at any time. My number's there on the website as well. And uh, yeah, we can connect and talk. You know, if I begin treatment or any one of the other uh, protocols that uh, they have at the facility that I work with, um, is right for you. You can take that path. Or if you just need to be able to reconnect with yourself or just to get out of a really negative space or to be able to identify or not, you're not understanding why you keep getting the same outcome in your life. Like that's what it's all about. We need to be able to look in and find out what it is that you believe about yourself that continues to create that outcome over and over again. So that's how you can find me. Perfect. And if you do reach out to Eric um, from hearing this podcast, let him know where, where uh, you found him. Tell him you, you heard about him on the Psychoactive Podcast, mostly because we love to know if, uh, if this message is getting out. And because, uh, you know, this seems like a good podcast to share with people who need help with addiction or any of the things we've discussed. This is a great podcast to forward on to them if you think it would be valuable um, so that they can get another perception or some other solutions to whatever they may be dealing with. Um, but it was a pleasure speaking uh, with you today, Eric. And, uh, you know, join us next week for another episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, please subscribe and uh, hit that notification button. And if you or someone you would know to like to be featured on our show, please contact us. Our contact information can be found in the description. And uh, if you have an experience um, with psychedelics or plant medicines or ceremonies that changed your life, 
Um, go to our podcast on Anchor. I'll have the de- link in the description. You can click message and send us your stories and uh, be sponsored on one of our podcasts. But thank you again, Eric, for coming on the show. Psychoactive is a nonprofit association committed to psychedelic education and the advocacy for entheogen plants, fungi, and cacti for the millions of people around the world suffering with mental, emotional, and spiritual issues. Visit our website, psychoactive.com, for new products and services, including our advanced psychotherapy treatments and our new apparel line. Having a bad trip? Call our toll-free psychedelic hotline to speak to one of our patient consultants at 1-833-795-6633.